0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not a fun night for baseball. We're going to talk about the game today. We're not going to dwell. It's the nice thing about baseball is there's always more of them, and it's a long season, Yes, the offense is utterly, totally, completely abysmal right now. Uh, But, and I know I said the offense would be better this year, and that has not been the case. Lineup construction is a disaster show. And, I mean, I know I was very low on this particular matchup. And Carlos Rondado has always had great stuff. Let's just go there. Like, I had him... Honestly, the highest-rated player in his draft class if you go back uh, to his time at NC State. I thought he was a great pickup. But this is a guy who the White Sox did not want to pay in arbitration and then brought him back at the very start of camp because no one else saw much there. I don't care how much they're struggling. like This is not the situation where you want him playing. This, This is not... An expected outcome, and your offense should not be falling apart facing him. Uh, if you missed it, it was a perfect game till the ninth inning. Uh, one out in the ninth, Roberto Perez gets hit by a pitch. That's essentially the highlight of the game if you're an Indians fan. It went about as bad as it could go. Um, across the board, Zach Pleesack two-thirds of an inning, seven hits, six earned runs, one home run. Was he tipping pitches? I don't know. Uh, It was very odd. He was very good against the White Sox a year ago. Uh, Trevor Steffian, not Steffian, Trevor Steffen, uh, second struggled outcomes, or uh, yeah, not outing, I should say. The outcomes on both were bad. Two innings, two runs on two hits, one walk, two strikeouts. That is the second time, I believe, his last outing he gave up two runs. So that was on a home run. Maiton, Quantrell, Oliver Perez, Brian Shaw all did a nice job combining for five and a third innings to make up for what went on. I mean, it, it's hard to find. And I'm laughing just because it's hard to find a worse outcome. Like the start of this one to just go that crazily off the rails with your pitching and then your hitters to it was only seven strikeouts. It's not like they were uh, utterly dominated, but they they were just not good. <laughs> they were just not good. Uh, ben Gamble got in on this one, because when you got a chance to get Ben Gamble in, you got to do that. Uh, no at-bats just in the outfield for Rosario. Then you had um, Bowers shifting to first base, and Taking Jose Ramirez out. Another rough game for Jose Ramirez. This whole series so far, he's got a big old O for his, his OPS has dropped to 679. Uh, early goings. Let's not like stress about his performance yet. Um, I'm sure there's already people talking about 2019 and his extremely slow start there. He, uh, it's, it's been a bad weekend for him. And when you're in the early goings of the season, you're going to have, uh, some rough goes. I mean, the, the bigger issue is someone like Cesar Hernandez, who hasn't really had anything good so far. Um, again, the whole Ben Gamble situation, we're probably going to see him starting in center field tomorrow because of the Indians match up, um, with the Lance Lynn on the mound. And since you have to play your center fielder in the leadoff spot, or at least that's what Tito believes, you're probably going to see uh, Gamble out there who, I mean, as much as people dislike Bowers, and don't get me wrong, he's been fairly terrible as well. I'd rather at least see what what Bowers can do. It, And, again, it's kind of odd to make this big deal about wanting to see what he can do and then having him not play consistently. Um, I understand Lefty versus righty situations, and I'm all for seeing what Yu Chang can do. Anyways, I'm higher on him at this point than Bowers, but yeah, this is this is ugly. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. We always knew you'd have those like you were counting on five hitters for this team, and that was, I guess, you, I should say you're counting up four hitters, which is Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, uh, Franklin, Franklin, no, Fran Reyes, Eddie Rosario. And then against lefties, we know that Luplo has a history of success. You were kind of hoping to see who would come out. I mean, on the other side of things, I mean, Ahmad Rosario, we'll see. Josh Naylor, we'll see. That's the thing. Like, I never wanted to be this guy. And Josh Naylor looked like he should be about an average, league average bat. But there's always that concern with me. That when someone you're expecting them to be league average, it's the same reason... Like back in the day, I hated when the Diamondbacks drafted P- uh, Paven Smith or those like real low ceiling types where it's like, okay, so they're, they're almost a pro hitter. They're not going to really excite you. They're not probably going to add any extra tools because if it doesn't all come together, then a guy who was low tools to begin with, then you're getting a low, the outcome drops to where it's not even a starter. And that's with Naylor. It's like, yeah, he can walk, he can hit for some, but is there a carrying tool? I mean, it's my same knock on Bobby Bradley, but at least I think Naylor has a better opportunity to play in the outfield long term. We'll see if he can be an average bat. That's going to be a question that we look at what he did in the postseason. But remember when he came over, it wasn't great. And his major league performance has not been great. And There's a reason why, you know, when a guy's been traded twice, I'm always kind of left to go, huh. In the first case with the Marlins, it was like, well, they didn't have much they could offer. (laughs) That system was barren. With The Padres, one could argue, it's just he's, they need to clear 40 man spots. Like, at least in his case, you can make some defense, and I still believe in him becoming a league average bat. But I do have some concern, and I think it's fair to have concern. With a lot of the ways that this team is currently put together, because why is it put together with, you know, masking tape and bubble gum? Because they've had to cut so much salary over the years. Like, this is a team that is pieced together. And I still think it's going to be a better team than they get credit for. But it, the complete lack, and when I say credit for, then I think they're going to be better than a lot of places predict them. I still think they're going to win like closer to 85, 86 games. But a one of the big things is always going to be how you know, so many parts are you know, Naylor, who is a prospect who never stepped up. And that's why San Diego, who desperately needed outfielders, traded him. They needed Josh Naylor, right? They needed a league average outfielder uh, a year ago. And they went out and made trades to acquire players to help them in those spots. When they had him on roster, because they got tired of waiting. Ahmed Rosario, uh, the Mets got tired of waiting for talent to fully translate. The 2019 season versus the 2020 season, we'll have to see. You know what is he going to be? Eddie Rosario, the Twins just didn't think he was worth the arbitration number. That's fair. Franmil Reyes, the at the time San Diego had a ton of outfielders, and Reyes is a terrible defender. It made sense. Jose Ramirez is a potential star. Cesar Hernandez had that great year last year, a strong year, uh, but a lot of second baseman on the market, and he had to take a discount to come back. I do, I don't know if I want to say I appreciate, but the, the one on base uh, we had, the hit-by-pitch, was Roberto Perez, who, again, he's the pleasant surprise on this team. Uh, I mean, you're three stars. Just go pick which reliever you like best for this one. Uh, Quantrell went two innings So you, you immediately, he's your top one Maton goes one and a third, so he's number two uh, Shaw was better than Perez In terms of like, he didn't allow a base runner And he struck out more So Shaw, there's your three stars of this one I'm not giving Perez a star for getting hit by a pitch It's an ugly game It makes it a one of those games Where you just kind of put your head down And go, ugh But again, when I talked about That I thought this lineup would be better I still believe that And we're not there yet because part of my talk of why this lineup would be better was more when we see a Nolan Jones in here, when we see a Daniel Johnson in here, uh, when they, because, you know, you're going to probably sick of hearing me say it, but I'll keep saying it till I'm blue in the face. They need to add somewhere between seven to 15 players to the 40 man at the end of the year, or they'll just lose some. And, you have to start trying guys out. And if at some point, you know, it's... Ben Gamble's not going to be back next year. That's one of those spots. We can say that safely. It's looking like that's going to be the same case with Bowers. But at some point, you got to try some of those other players. And the hope is, I mean, if you're like, well, where would Nolan Jones even play? Well, Naylor to first, Jones to the outfield. Or Jones to first. You know, you figure it out. If this isn't going to work... uh you start working through that, and again, I mean, Jones will fill in nicely uh, because he's going to need a platoon caddy anyways to go with him. Uh, he he can't hit lefties, so you have the whole what you're working with is Yu Chen Chang and Bowers at first is a natural progression to what Nolan Jones will do uh, once he gets that opportunity, which should happen this year. We'll have to see about the rest. Um, again, early season. New game tomorrow. Everything looks worse after you get no hit, nearly perfect gamed. Uh, but in this particular case, I think Jose Ramirez is a great example of why it's like it's early season. <laughs> and after Monday's game, I'm like, is has he been struggling? And I looked up his OPS, was great. Uh, and then you come back three days later, and if you have three bad games in a row, uh, it's like I said, a 300 point drop. I feel like in his OPS since then. So it's early going, we'll have to see. Don't don't get too up, don't get too down. Uh if anything, what we have learned is that I am awful at uh picking who's gonna win these games, so I've gotten all of them wrong so far. Uh my theory going in would be Lance Lynn is uh I would lean him over Savali. So we'll see. I thought, you know, the Rondo matchup would be the easy one. It's the worst of them. I had kind of a coin flip leaning the Indians way in game one. They lost. Coin flip leaning the White Sox way in game two. They won. So we will have to just kind of wait and see how this plays out. But yeah, it's a stinker. And uh, it's a frustrating one. And even though I thought I would talk just a little bit about it, uh, I'm 12 plus minutes in. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to leave this game in the dust. Hopefully we'll have something a lot more fun to talk about for tomorrow's show. But we're going to... Dig around, finish our talk of the, the top players in the ninth round. Well, we already talked about the top, so we'll talk about the bottom and the interesting stories in a moment here. Locker Room. This episode is being brought to you by Locker Room, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is currently only on iOS, but it will be expanding out to Android soon. You can join me weekly. I was on last Friday uh, during the Indians win, and I will likely i have not formally scheduled yet uh i will be having another locked on indians on there either friday or saturday evening during the game it's just a fun way to talk it's a way to chat have some back and forth it's a brand new app it's one of those things that uh, i think it's really cool i like the fact that i can let someone chat or i can just sit there and talk with people and i I gotta admit i like that it's not video so go to the free locker room app right now, currently available on all, all iOS devices, create a profile, sign in for yourself. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Get a chance to talk with me. And I'm really looking forward to when it's on Android so I don't have to steal my wife's phone to, to open the app, but it's, it's really cool, really fun. Check it out for yourself. That is locker room. It's a free app and chat with me soon on there, talking to Indians during one of these weekend games. Our other fantastic sponsor in this first part here today is Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I got to be honest, I never know which version my car is. That is one of the more annoying things, I feel like, with a car. And all because, like, oh, yeah, I got the one that's got... Uh, White floor mats instead of red floor mats, and that's why it's an LX. I know it wouldn't be like that, but it's similar. You know what I mean? And wait while the counterman orders parts on his computer, choosing his brand and that, that warehouse happens to carry. As I've talked about, don't rely on them, rely on you. Go to rockauto.com, it's in your pocket. It allows you to know that you are getting a good price on that car. You can save 30, 50, sometimes even more uh, percent. They have uh, on here, for instance, that Honda Odyssey. Uh, If you need to get a fuel pump at uh, Advanced, a big chain store, it's $353.99, Rock Auto $216.79. Save yourself $140. You can go to some baseball games with that money. Go check it out for yourself at rockauto.com. Prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. They offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require a membership or an account login. Is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Uh, Someone found their jingle. You can go look in terms of like just fun things with them for yourself. Remember that when you go to RockAuto.com, you are going to say you heard about them through Locked On. That lets them know that it was worth advertising with us, which is important to for our podcast. But again, on top of this being uh, something that helps a podcast, it's something that helps you gives you that ability to know that you are getting a good deal whenever you get a part for your car. Go to Rock Auto today. Check it out for yourself. Uh, The no-hitter today is definitely going to be talked about tomorrow on the Locked On Today podcast with Peter Bukowski. All the breaking news, everything you need to know daily, Locked On Today. I know I said I was going to talk ninth round, but I forgot we have some minor Indians news and I wanted to kind of do some box score talking uh, the Indians added Rene Rivera, so this is a direct, you know, corresponding move to the loss of the lost. No, the loss of Bo Taylor. They need another catcher. He reports just a, a consistent vet, the type of guy that is good to have down there in case stuff hits the fan and you need uh, another catcher. Like what happened last year when all of a sudden we felt like they didn't have anyone to go to, but. It's a, like I said, it's a good addition. If he plays for the Indians, that means they've had some bad luck, but we'll have to see how it goes. I didn't realize that they were doing alternate site AAA competitions, so I wanted to talk a little bit about this, because I was kind of going through some box scores today, and it's interesting, because there's a lot of guys playing, for instance, like, you know, uh, Arias, the shortstop, who... I'm having a momentary Gabriel in my head. I wanted to say Alex and then George. And I, I think Alex was a, might've been an infielder as well. And George, I don't know. But in this case, like he's, he's playing on the triple A squad going against other triple A teams. Obviously he will not start the year in triple A, but it is interesting going through these box scores. Cause like the first thing, like I'm looking here, Nolan Jones, two walks, Come down to uh, the previous game, click the box score here. Uh, Nolan Jones, two walks. <laughs> this is just very consistent for him. Uh, this is a game where uh, Owen Miller had three hits, one of which was a two-run two run home run. Uh, Bobby Bradley had a home run. You know, you're seeing able to get some stats. These players are getting in competitive, game, competitive games, which, again, when I criticize them for sending down Daniel Johnson if it is legitimately so he could play every day, I'm not as salty about that. Uh, for, here's a game on April 7th, two for four, home run for him. Uh, I actually much prefer this alternate box score, the older ones than the newer ones. But if you're like pitching wise, you got Parker, Broom, Sandlin, Dowdy, Ghost, DJ Johnson, Mejia starting some of these games. Broom's been very good down there. Sandlin's been performing well. Those next guys up for your bullpen are there, and I think it's, again, it's good to go through and just see how players are performing, see what is going on, and for them to get daily reps, because I got really thrown off when I saw H. Ramirez, because I forgot it's Harold, and I had a handley Ramirez flashback, so I kind of paused there in a moment of terror, But, uh, because it was not great, let's be honest. That was, you know, Retread City has not been kind to the the Cavs. Nope, the Indians recently scrolling through the Tribe Insider account where these appear, and it wanted me to follow a Cavs topic. But I just wanted to recommend that, go over to Tribe Insider. On top of more often than not being the place where news is going to break if a roster move or addition happens, Now they're going through and uh, also sharing these box scores that are not easy to find for these AAA alternate site matchups. So you're definitely going to want to go over there, check it out for yourself. It is a chance because no one else is playing. We have that delayed start to the minor league season. So basically it's like all their top prospects from camp are here and they're playing. And you can see who are the, you know, who they value. Because who plays every day? Every single one of these box scores, it's Zimmer and Center. Uh... Mercado, it's like, let's put it this way Zimmer, Mercado, Johnson, and Ramirez play almost every day. One of them is a DH. The other guys are taking the outfield spots. Bobby Bradley at first. Nolan Jones is at third base. Arias at second. Owen Miller, or Arias at short. Miller at second. Man, I late evening, I guess, and I just can't read. Uh, and then your catcher is either going to be Laverne Way or uh, Rene Rivera which is just one of the bets they have there. But the other guys that I talked about, it kind of shows the importance because there are other players there. There are other hitters they could get in and be getting reps. These, you know, other eight bats are the most likely reinforcement slash support that you would see with the Indians in the early goings of this year. If they decide to move on from Bowers, if they decide to give up on Gamble, it's going to be one of these players that replaces them. So Check the box score, see who's performing, see who's showing them they, you know, deserve that opportunity because this is where that assistance is more than likely going to come, come from. And again, you can find these over at Tribe Insider. Very much worth your time to A, follow that account, and B, to go look at the box scores. They're going to tell you a bit of a tale and give you some information, uh, again, about who is going to be the next guy up. Because They'll probably keep this roster intact till about May. I would say end of May. They're not a team that knee jerks at all, but you get to June, end of May, beginning of June, you'll start seeing some some moves come, some players getting. Uh, I guarantee there'll be more than a few designated for assignment, and I guarantee we'll see some other players getting some opportunities. And those players are going to come specifically from who is starting and who is pitching. Uh, for those games, because they are, they have so many players they could assign there, so many players who could get the reps there, and there are a lot of players there, and they're sticking with very specific players in terms of who's coming out of the pen, who is in the rotation, and who is playing every day. So we went and looked yesterday, and our good friends over at Bet Online, and they did not have a line in the Indians game. uh I did notice over on the score app. <laughs> I guess I haven't been paying enough attention. But uh, there were lines up other places that, you know, lines occur. You can find them. But the only lines I ever look at over at Bad Online, they do have one for tomorrow's game. Uh, the Indians are getting one and a half runs. Your over-under total runs is eight runs. Money line is plus 128 to the Indians. No surprise for what will be a 2 p.m. game tomorrow that uh, the Indians are not favored in this one. I, I wouldn't see any reason why you should favor them with an offense that's struggling and Lansland on the other side of things. I'm a big Aaron Savali fan. This might be a, a good one for you to check out, and if you do decide that it is a good game for you to go check out, go over to betonline.ag today, use the promo code locked on to get a fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. It you know, what's it what matchup would I say is a good one where you're getting points. Uh if I just quickly go down the line here I don't know if there is one tomorrow. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I think probably the best one I see would be the Detroit Tigers with Tarek Skubal against Oakland with Sean Manea, but Oakland is playing better. So I would recommend when you go to bet online, uh, don't take any of the uh, teams getting points tomorrow. It's it's bad matchups across the board. There's no uh, hidden one there, but uh, I would recommend going to betonline.ag today and checking out everything for yourself. It's more than just lines and sports. Uh, they do casino games, esports, race books, all sorts of things. Go check it out for yourself at Online. So, if you missed yesterday's show, we talked all time ninth round. Uh, just very quickly, recap uh, Luke Scott, far and away the best player. James uh, Karenchak has a chance to pass Dustin Moore, who's currently second all time. Luke Scott did not make it to the big leagues until he was 27, didn't start playing until he was 28. Still the greatest outfielder the Indians have produced in about 25 years. That is how bad they have been at outfield production. Yes, he never played for them. They traded him for Jerome Robertson, who pitched like 15 innings uh, for the Indians and then never played in the big leagues again. Uh, <laughs> back when they didn't always win all their trades. But... You know, there's some other players that we talked about. The highest bonus currently belongs to Will Bartlett, who they drafted in 2019. Second highest, Brian Icorn, who they drafted in 2018. Uh, it's a better round. They've had more hits in it than, say, the eighth round. Uh, it's still not the strongest overall. I mean, outside of Luke Scott and Karen Chalk at this point in time, no one else was a a regular or if you if they were regular, you were not putting yourself in a position to win. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, I realized I didn't really look up Icorn, but the problem there with him is you know for a guy that they gave the big bonus to second biggest bonus in the round history in terms of what I can find. let's always put that that way when I'm using baseball reference. Uh, he only got up to Mahoning Valley in 2019 didn't pitch at all after being drafted in 2018 so we have very limited data and the Mahoning Valley data was not great so I'll be curious to see what he's one of those guys who definitely needs to kind of reset himself this year uh, there's a lot of players who and we're going to have a squeeze there's a lot of less sites you know every team has one less team and it's going to be interesting to see how they go through this but you know, we talked about the great ones. We talked about the high paid ones. Who are the worst ones? Um, now there might be some tendency. If you're just looking like who wasn't there long. And it's like devon Stewart's name could come up. He only had 26 uh, game appearances for the Indians minor leagues. But he was a senior sign for $5,000. He was the classic like extreme small school. He was willing to take a small amount of money to try to prove himself. Didn't work out you're not drafting him for any other reason than to save money to use on other picks that's not necessarily to insult him or you know anyone related to him but that's just the truth of the senior sign when you're signing someone for five thousand or less it's less about them and more about what you want to use that slot money for so he came he gave it his best and you know I wish him well it's it's an extremely hard situation to be in because you're you know, a five thousand dollar bonus is not much, let's be honest, especially once taxes come in and go into that and then you're making below minimum wage to chase a dream. And you know he he tried and he had the opportunity, which is more than most of us can ever say. No one can ever take that away from him. But again, I don't think that makes it a bad pick because you're looking at who's going to sign for that money. So I came up with four particular names. One is Paul Day, and I'm going to eliminate him. He was in 1998, uh, only played two seasons in the minors, in the Burlington Rookie Appalachian League, 362, 406, 551, 948 slash line. So that's a 362 batting, 406 on base, 948 uh, OPS, and 251 plate appearances, In 1999 for Mahoning Valley, the New York Penn League, he gets in nine games, 38 plate appearances. It's not great, but it's nine games. Uh, And that's the end of his career. Uh, He gets eliminated from the worst pick because we do have one year of really good data. He was a player at uh, Long Beach, Cal State, Long Beach. So he came from a good program, too. But uh, Paul Day came up just because of the only two years in the system. I'll come back to that one. Uh, Jeremy Schmidt is another name that came up. Lewis and Clark College, taken in 1975. One of those guys who was drafted in the June amateur phase. Then he was drafted. He had previously been drafted. I'm sorry. That's weird year-wise. So must not, uh, Indians took him in the ninth round of the 75 June amateur draft. Then he's taken in the January draft secondary phase by the Pirates. And then in the 1976 June draft secondary phase, he gets taken by San Diego, uh, gets 12 games in 1976. And that's it for Jerry Schmidt. There's Gary Ezel, who they took in 73. Again, we're kind of going way, way back. Uh, He had been drafted out of Elgin High School. The Indians did not sign him, but then they came back and took him in the January draft secondary phase at of Connor State College the next year, so they liked him enough to draft him again a year later. And even though they liked him enough to give him two two attempts to draft him here, he goes out and it is interesting because he he played he was a two way player. He had 26 games at third, or he played two games at third, and then 23 games as a pitcher one season uh we'll just give him credit for being a two-way guy and and eliminate him from that worst pick competition uh interesting just in terms of of playing two positions and the indians liking him so much that they drafted him couldn't sign him came back and drafted him again and then gave him one year to prove himself and then andre holmes is gonna fall into our worst pick the 1982 ninth round pick Monrovia High School, in Monrovia, California. Trying to find more information on him, all I could find was the uh, former NFL receiver. The reason he falls short is falls short is even though he did play two years in 1983, he appeared in one game, didn't register any at bats, and 1982, eleven games, twelve plate appearances. So he was all of twelve games, twelve plate appearances for his career. Uh, no reason to really dive into the stats. Uh, it, it is interesting that. Yes, he played in 12 games, but the game log has seven games in the outfield for him. Andre Holmes, worst pick in the ninth round in Cleveland Indians history. Just based on who actually signed and how little opportunity he got, best pick is Luke Scott with a chance for James Caronchock to someday supplant him. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review wherever it is, wherever you get podcasts. And... For the next year, maybe two. Go Tribe.